Would you turn with me please this evening to Psalm 115? We've been talking about increase. This is our week of increase. And we've flat been increasing too, haven't we? And I believe we've been increasing more inside than outside. Do you? I mean, uh, I don't know about you. I needed to hear this. I do, you, you know, faith comes by hearing. I don't care what you heard long ago. Uh, if you don't keep hearing it, your faith wanes. And uh, it's not what you, th- what you think you know. It's what you do. It's what you practice. And so these things, I, I, they worked for me decades ago. But you've got to stir up in them. Amen. And, and not let them slip. And uh, sometimes people do begin to put the word into practice and they get results. And then for whatever reason, they quit doing it. They quit doing the things that got them set free and they get back in trouble again. Well, then you have to go back and do what you did the first time to get you out. And how many believe the word works for everybody? Anybody and everybody that will put the word into practice will get results. In Psalm 115, this has been our text throughout the week. Psalm 115 and verse 12 says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He's got us on his mind. What's he thinking about? What's the next phrase say? Is that really true? That the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth? Looking for somebody whose heart is perfect and wholehearted towards him. Why? He wants to show himself strong on their behalf. He wants to bless us. Is he really a good God? Wanting to bless us. Thinking about how to bless us. Hmm? He knows how. He's been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Man, I like that, don't you? Say it out loud with me. The Lord shall increase you More and more, you and your children. Say this time, us. The Lord shall increase us. More and more, us and our children. We ought to say at least a couple of more times. The Lord shall increase us. More and more, us and our children. One more time. The Lord shall increase us more and more, us and our children. I believe it. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth, the heaven, even the heavens of the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. We began on Sunday night talking about increase. And I shared with you just briefly how that Phyllis and I struggled in, in our financially, in our personal lives, and in our ministry for year after year. We've been married for 25 years now. Yeah, it's soon be 26. We, we got started young. 
<laughs> yeah, Gerald helped us. <laughs> uh, even after graduating from uh, Bible school, even after being in the ministry for some years, just struggled. Just behind, got behind on our bills, got behind on our taxes. You ever been behind? Yeah. It's not funny. Puts pressure on you. Pressure on your marriage. You know, that's, that's one of the main reasons a lot of people get divorced. Financial pressures. And then a lot of times people get under pressure and then they start putting pressure on each other. About money stuff. And it's just unbelief and fear. And it's not God. It's not right. In our ministry, struggled. Year after year. And finally, I've said it before, but I'll, I'll repeat it, you know. I got to the place where I kept studying the Word and feeding on the Word and even preached some things about prosperity, and yet I'm not seeing it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not having it in my life like I should. And so I, I remember one day it just got to the point where I, I just felt like breaking over it. I mean, I went into the bedroom by myself, shut the door, fell across the bed, and just wept before the Lord. I said, Lord, this is not right. This is not right, and I know it's not you. I know you're not doing this to me. I know it's not your fault that I've been so broke and been so behind, but have mercy on me. Help me. I thought I understood some of these things, but some way or another, I'm not doing something I should or I'm doing things I shouldn't. Help me. Show me what I don't see. Reveal to me. Give me understanding. Hook me up with the people that I can get the vision from or the help. Whatever I need, please help me. How many know the Bible says when you call unto the Lord and you, you reach out to him with all your heart, he will hear you, he will answer you, and I'm here to tell you he did. And it seemed like, now I didn't see everything right then, but it seemed like immediately he started teaching me about prosperity and increase. And it seemed like for five years, almost every day, he was talking to me something about this and showing me. And a lot of it were things I already knew but wasn't doing. It's not people who know Scripture that get blessed. It's not people who can quote Scriptures who get blessed. Tell me who it is. It's the doers. Only the doers. Amen. I mean, you can talk about praying uh, till, till the cows come home. But it's not going to do you any good till you pray. You can talk about giving. But until you start Giving. You can talk about how much you believe in tithes, but if you don't tithe, you can talk about how much you believe in healing, but if you don't release faith and believe you receive healing, right? It's doers. Do I have any doers in the house? Yes. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. That's the people, the only ones that get results are the doers. And so I begin on uh, Sunday night talking about these things, and I, I begin sharing there were five major areas the Lord dealt with me about over those five-year period. And we've already talked about a couple of them. The first one he dealt with me about, and, and, and I'm, he talks to you the way you understand it. He said, Keith, you must overcome your own selfishness to have my full prosperity. You must overcome selfishness. You can't put yourself first. You can't put you and Phyllis first. You can't put your stuff first. Didn't the Bible say, seek ye first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do you believe that? Jesus didn't say it might happen. Sometimes it happened. No, he said, you do this. You put my things first and I'll see to it that all this stuff is added to you. Did the Lord Jesus say that? Yeah. It's, It's a law. It's like the law of gravity. It works for everybody that does it. And so we begin to talk about that. I mean, you can't, in your mind, when you get paid, think, well, I've got to pay my house payment, and I've got to pay my car payment, and I've got to pay my insurance, and the kids need some shoes. And, you know, and also, I guess we ought to give some. Well, you've already violated the first principle of prosperity. And so we talked about how to honor God. How, like the scripture said, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. Did the Lord say it? Is it a fact? If you honor him and put him first, is it a fact that he will cause your store places to overflow? He said he would do it. And so we begin, you know, like I said, we had tithed kind of, sort of. Some of the time, sometimes most of the time, sometimes hardly not at all. And we we spent time on that talking about, you've got to answer the question once and for all, is the tenth, does the tenth part of the increase belong to the Lord? Is it His? Don't just let that pass you by now. You've got to decide, is it mine to do what I want to, to give it to Him if I want to, or is it His? And we spent a lot of time on that the other night talking about that. Number one, putting God first, honoring Him with your substance, your money, your stuff. One of the first big major keys to coming out of poverty, coming out of problems, qualifying for God's full prosperity. Secondly, and we talked about this last night, in order to prosper, you must what? Overcome stinginess. Overcome stinginess. The, the Bible says, the Proverbs says, the liberal soul, the generous soul will be made fat or rich. Really the words, other translations say rich. Not the stingy one, the, the liberal, the generous. Didn't the scripture say, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap Bountifully. People say, well, I, you know, if I had more, I could be generous. No, being generous is not based on what you've got. You can be generous with $3, right? It's like you could be generous with 3000 And according to Jesus, whatever you're doing with the little is what you would do with much. And so be sowing plentifully, sowing, and that doesn't mean just mean in a church offering. That's, that's a way of life. You're generous with your employees. You're generous with your kids. You're generous with your friends. You're generous when it comes time to leave a tip. You're just generous. Amen. You're a liberal. Freely you've received. Freely you give. You're a liberal soul. You're a giver. How many givers do I have in here? Amen. I'm a giver. Amen. So we talked about that. Now thirdly tonight. Now we actually, I say it like this. 
Up till now, I've been talking a lot about the spiritual side of this. I mean, it, it affects natural things, yeah, but it's a lot about the spiritual side. I want to touch now on some of the natural side of this. The Bible has a lot to say about it. And I think it's a big mistake that a lot of people, even preachers, leave the impression that all there is to prospering is you need to give. If you'll give, then you'll prosper. Well, that's not all there is to it. The Bible has a lot to say about the other side of it. Number three, the Lord dealt with me that I had to overcome, what's maybe the best word, foolishness. And laxness. I'll explain this as we go on. But the thing he wanted to teach me about was stewardship and the wisdom of God. Everybody say stewardship. Stewardship and the wisdom of God. It is a spiritual law. We're going to see as we read that if you operate in the wisdom of God, you will prosper. In fact, the Bible uses the word rich. If you operate in the wisdom of God, you will become rich. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. I'm going to show it to you repeatedly. Now, somebody says, well, I know somebody. They're pretty wise. I'm talking about operating in the wisdom of God with your finances. Just because you operate in the wisdom of God concerning your healing doesn't mean you operate in wisdom concerning your finances. Right? And I'm not talking about worldly wisdom. I'm talking about divine wisdom. Does God know how for you to increase? Yes, He does. Go with me, in fact, to the book of uh, Isaiah. Let's just start it like this Isaiah 48. You're close by. Isaiah 48, and verse 17. Isaiah 48, 17 says this. Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you. By the way that you should go. Oh, that you had listened to me. <laughs> that you had hearkened to my commandments. Then you'd have had peace as a river. And righteousness as the waves of the sea. Do you know that the word peace in the scriptures implies prosperity? Shalom. Means nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. When they'd ask each other, Shalom, are you in peace? And they said, Yeah, I'm blessed, brother. I got plenty. I'm healthy. I'm doing good. How many understand you're not at peace when the creditors are beating on the door, calling, and you're behind? That's not peace. And that's not rest. But it, do you understand, as we're beginning to, sh to talk about this, there's more to it than just giving. Right. The Lord 
teaches us how to profit. How many believe that the Lord knows how to keep you from losing money? Do you believe that if you'd follow him and everything you did with your money, you wouldn't lose money? If you always did what he told you in every situation, how many understand you would always profit? You would profit. He is the Lord who teaches you how to profit. Is he interested in you making a profit? Profiting. Coming up. That word means to ascend. To come up. Well, it's just what we got through reading. Increase. More and more. You and your children. Now go back with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is the the book of wisdom, the book of wise sayings. It came through David and Solomon and some of maybe a few others under them. But how many realize that God gave David and in particularly Solomon some wisdom? Some understanding. And how many, how many understand that the wisest man in the scriptures was absolutely the richest man in the scriptures? wonder if there's any connection between the two. Huh? wonder if there's any connection between foolishness and dumbness and being broke. Our wisdom and understanding and divine direction and being rich. Yeah. Now what we need to understand is that you could become a tither. You could become a giver, a sower. And God could bless you and you could have more coming in than you ever had come in and still not be prosperous. Do you know that? Because you can be in a situation where you still got more going out than you got coming in. Just be in more debt than you used to be. The numbers all got bigger, but you're still not prosperous. How many know you can be blessed and have more come in and make one bad decision and be broke? Right? So there's more to prosperity than just giving. The Lord gives seed to the sower. I believe that has a twofold application. Seed to sow in the kingdom and also seed to sow in the natural. The key to increase is investments. You need to make investments in the kingdom of God and you need to make investments in the earth. Are you with me? You need to do both. A lot of times Christians, don't, they don't like to talk about that. They're like, well, you know, I'm just going to give to the Lord. He's going to bless me. There's more to it than that. The, the, the wealth is in the earth. God's got to use vehicles to get it to you. Now, he's got a myriad of ways, but he's got a plan, but you have to seek him about it. Amen. And realize when he gives you seed and things to invest in and follow him. And when you follow him, he's going to show you how to profit. He's going to show you how to increase. Are you there in Proverbs? Third chapter. Let's read some scripture. Proverbs 3 and verse 
16, talking about the wisdom of God. Wisdom. Verse 16 says, length of days is in her wisdom's right hand. Let's just stop right there. Does God want you to live a long time? Are there a lot of people who died young because of being foolish? Is wisdom a key in living a long time? Yeah. A lot of folk just wind up in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing stuff they got no business doing. Get out from under the protection of God. Did you hear me? Get out where the enemy can can do something to them and get cut off. And people say, well, God, isn't that something? God took them at 22 years old. No, he didn't. No. Now, if they were saved, they went to be with the Lord. But God didn't take them. It wasn't his perfect will that they die, you know, a teenager and in midlife. Well, God needed another angel for the choir. That's not even scriptural. Now, I know some folk don't like that, but, but study the Word. Find, what, where's it at in the Word? Did the Scripture say, with long life, He'll satisfy me. Show me His salvation. Amen. In Ecclesiastes, it talks about, don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? So wisdom is a key to living a long life. Not the only key, but a key. And then also in her left hand, in wisdom's left hand, is what? Riches and honor. Does God want you to have riches and honor? Well, does he want you to be wise? Then he wants you to have riches and honor. Right? Then he doesn't want you to be foolish and dumb and broke and ashamed. That's not the will of God. Go on to the eighth chapter, please. This whole eighth chapter is describing wisdom. Now wisdom has to do with understanding the outcome of a thing. Seeing ahead. Not just seeing right here, but seeing down the road. Wisdom looks to see how it's going to turn out. Wisdom sees how this, you know, if I say this, how's that going to affect you? If I do this, then what happens next? Well, God sees the end from the beginning. And so he will give you wisdom on a situation to see where this thing is going. Amen. You can, as an investor, you can just be looking at something you're considering investing in and just pray in the Holy Ghost and wait on God and him show you where that thing is going. And you go, oh, I'm not putting my money in there. Not, not visible to other folk. It's not on the charts. It's not on the info. And something maybe that somebody doesn't think is a good thing, and the Lord shows you, yeah, that's about to go. That's a good thing. And leads you. Everybody say, the Lord my God teaches me how to profit, leads me in the way I should go. Do you understand now that you need to make investments both in the Spirit, in the kingdom of God, and in the natural? Right? Both. Both. No, it's, it's not unspiritual and unscriptural to invest in the natural. You need to. You need a storehouse. You need some savings accounts. Amen? And you need some investments. Somebody said, well, I, I can't hardly buy my lunch. Think big. Plan. Have a vision. You can start it off with $10. Amen? Start it off with 100 Don't have to be big. 
but have a vision. Let's keep reading. In the eighth chapter, it talks about wisdom, wisdom, wisdom all through the chapter. And in verse 17, he says, I love them that love me. Do you love wisdom? Well, then wisdom will love you. And those that seek me early will what? Will find. If you look for it, seek for it. How many remember James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him do what? Let him ask of God, which what gives to all men liberally, liberally, and upbraids not, and it'll be given him. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he'll receive anything. What does that mean? You've got to believe that when you ask, he gives. Got to expect it. Would it be all right to get up in the morning and say, Lord, give me wisdom. I'm asking you, give me wisdom how to handle this and what to do. Keep me back from making mistakes and wasting my money and wasting my resources. Guide me. You are the Lord my God who teaches me how to profit. And then expect to know. And how many believe all through your day and all through your decisions, God would be helping you. You'd just know things. You'd just understand things. And, And don't get to thinking you're so brilliant. Well, I'm just smart like that. (laughs) You're getting help. Major help. Don't mess it up with pride. Every time you make a good decision and you make good money, you better first of all tithe, bring the offerings and bring the first fruit, and you better give God the credit. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for helping me with that deal. Whoo, you're making me rich. You're showing me how to profit. It's all right to get excited about these things. You know, some people think rich is a cuss word. You can just tell by the way they respond. Ooh, I wish you wouldn't say rich. Ooh. I'm reading the Bible. Right? Verse 17, them that seek me early will find me. In verse 18, what's the next word? Riches and honor are with me. With who? Wisdom, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue is better than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgments, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. Glory to God. Somebody say, give me some more wisdom. (laughs) Some more wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Go to the 24th chapter. I mean, Proverbs are just full of these. Wisdom and riches. Is there a connection? Wisdom and riches. In Proverbs 24, verse 3. Proverbs 24, 3. says, Through wisdom is a house builded. By understanding, it's established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled. Filled with all precious and pleasant 
riches. There must be half a dozen scriptures in here that talks about the dwelling place of the righteous being blessed and rich and full of treasure. Has God changed since these were? No, he hasn't changed. Does God want you to have a nice house and have it full of expensive and nice and rare, precious stuff just like you like? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the key to that happening? You having some wisdom, not being foolish. Now go back to the 21st chapter. Chapter 21. 21 and 20. says, there's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. I told you. What's in the wise man, the wise woman's house? Treasure. Precious stuff. But a foolish man blows it, spins it up. Did you see that? The New King James says there's desirable treasure in oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it, wastes it. You know, when you start taking a calculator... And you start looking at things, and people who do these kind of things will tell you, I mean, if you'd have just put aside a dollar a day and invested it in certain things, where would you be by now? You understand what I'm saying? They tell us that some of the countries in this world that are the poorest, they have vast riches. They have vast natural resources. The people could be wealthy beyond imagination, but there's been foolishness, foolish leadership, wasting of resources, just squandering on nothing. God did not put a planet here that could not sustain the inhabitants. People are trying to, it's the devil trying to tell through all these different voices, we're running out of everything. Running out of air, running out of water, running out of food. We are not. The resources of this planet haven't been touched. A lot of it we haven't figured out how to use. And a lot of it's just been wasted. But I'm telling you, there's more than enough wealth on this planet for every human being on the surface to be a multimillionaire. Live like a king. More than enough. And it is not God's will that people grovel around in a hut and starve to death. Never was his plan. But because of doubt, a lot of these people in in some of these countries that experienced this for centuries, they've worshipped devils. Did you hear me? They're They're not fellowshipping with the wise one. They're not walking with the Almighty who directs them to profit. But now you and I, (laughs) I said you and I, we are blessed right now. Amen. I mean, you know, we're in good shape compared to a lot of folks. But we're not nearly where the Lord would have us to be. In a position to help other people. In a strong position. Strength of wealth. 
And but he's got to to direct us, and we've got to listen and comply. Everybody say wisdom and wealth. Wisdom and wealth. wealth. Go to the twenty seventh chapter, please, and let me begin to tell you how the Lord started Phyllis and I down this down this track. One reason I know what not to do, we did it. <laughs> we made mistakes and, and, and messed ourselves up. And the Lord, during this time, like I said, the Lord first began to deal with me, you got to overcome uh, selfishness. you got to overcome stinginess. And you've got to overcome foolishness and, and fleshiness. You got to learn how to tap into the wisdom of God and be lit. And a word he used with me seemed like every day for a while, stewardship, stewardship, stewardship. Now, don't let your mind run off on a tangent and get stingy. Being a good steward does not mean being tight and being stingy. It means not wasting resources. And not being foolish. Now let me make this statement to you. You cannot waste money doing what God told you to do. Hmm? The Lord directed us. I know he did. I didn't just come up here on a whim. We waited on God. Fasted and prayed for days. About coming up here to Branson and doing this. And heard from the Lord. And we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to have this place. We cannot spend too much money on this facility. Did you hear me? We can't spend too much money fixing it up. We can't spend too much money on equipment in here. You want me to tell you how you waste money? It's not by spending it on what God told you to do. It's by when you make mistakes. When you do things you're not supposed to do. When you miss God. That's when you waste resources and you waste money. And there's been folk that spent money on projects and all kind of stuff. And when it all was said and done, it was wasted. The Lord didn't tell them to do it. Now, I'm not just talking about churches and ministries. I'm talking about in your personal life. (laughs) You ever did a project? And you look back and you thought, I wish I'd have never started that. I mean, that was just a hole I throwed money down. What if you had invested that money? What if you'd have put that money into the kingdom? You'd have had a harvest on both sides, right? Well, you wasn't being led, were you? Nor was I. Weren't being led. Well, not by the Spirit. Being led by our flesh, right? Or by somebody's goofy idea. Hmm? That's when you waste money. That's when you waste resources. Y'all, y'all, didn't, uh, y'all didn't say amen strong enough on, on that first part when I said you can't spend too much money doing what the Lord told you to do. I said we can't spend too much money on this place to do what the Lord. You under, do you believe that? I hope you do because that's, that's a fact. No. I mean, when it comes to doing the things of God, you do the absolute best you can believe for. Amen. 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 I mean, who else deserves the best? Does the Lord's stuff deserve second rate compared to something? What else is more important than doing his business? Well, you cannot spend too much money 
doing the work of God, doing what he told you to do. But you can sure waste money when you miss God. Now, when Phyllis and I first begin to get a hold of these things, you're standing by there in Proverbs 27, right? The Lord began to deal with us that, that my priorities weren't right. Now, I mean, I, we've been Christians for, for some years by this time. I, we've been in the ministry for some time. And yet, I said we were hurting. We're struggling, just struggling and struggling. We even had, had a few things. And to, to tell you the truth, we looked pretty good on the outside. But we weren't prospering. I call it credit card prosperity. <laughs> Anybody know what I mean by that? Amen. Oh, you look good. <laughs> you know, you're driving a good car, but you owe on it. You owe every, everybody. Got every credit card maxed and behind. And some people, you know, they, they show up and shout hallelujah real loud and, and are trying to portray that I'm blessed. The Lord's blessed me, but it ain't really so. They have added it to their self through debt. And that is not the same as the Lord adding it to you through blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no no pain, no sorrow. It's, it's not an anchor. Hmm? You know how I know some of this stuff? Because <laughs> I have added things to myself. You know? Thought, I, thought we had to have it right then. And so we got it. Signed our name at the bottom line. 60 easy payments. 360. 360 easy payments. Listen, friend, you might even want to write this down. The time to put God first is before you sign the line. Do you know what I mean by that? See, what we found ourselves doing is here we were, uh, we wanted to give. By, by this time I had some revelation on giving. I wanted to give. I'm, I'm just desperate to give, but it's taking everything I've got to keep up with all my bills and pay all my payments. And I'm thinking, Lord, I want to give. And finally, you know, now see, here's the thing. Some of the things I'm getting into now, a lot of folk don't want to hear about. They don't talk about, well, Lord, let's just make a confession and give something. And just say, it'll be all right. Well, no. We've been reading scripture. Right? And then people say, well, the devil. The devil just attacking my finances. He just attacking, oh, brother, keep pray for me. And rebuke the devil off of me. Because he just, well, in a lot of these cases, uh, you didn't need no help from the devil. <laughs> he just stood on the side and laughed while you messed yourself up. <laughs> And sometimes he, he did a little bit, wasn't much. He just dangled a carrot out there and, and you just bit. And he said, yeah, do it some more. And just get yourself to the place where you're strapped. 
And it's taken all the faith you've got to believe for to pay your payments and pay your stuff. And you're putting you first and you're violating the first principle of prosperity. And we were, we were that, like that. We were in debt up to our eyes. We had uh, new cars. We had a pretty decent little house. We had some clothes a little bit. We, we didn't look bad, but we were not prosperous. And the Lord, we begin to see like we talked last night. If you want if you want big harvest, you got to sow big. But all the money that I could be sowing, I've got it tied up with all these debts and all these payments. And in a time of prayer and waiting on the Lord, he spoke to my heart. He said, Keith, you've got yourself into the place where you can't sow. I didn't put you there. If you'd have listened to me, you wouldn't have done this. And he said, it's not that I don't want you to have it, but you've got to put me first. And I saw it. And I've talked to Phyllis. And I said, we got to get out from under this. We got to get to the place where we can sow. We had just, I just bought a new car. Actually, it was a Corvette. <laughs> I didn't get a deal on it. Missed God on it. I said, what'd you do that? Why did you? <laughs> it's called car-itis. <laughs> You ever had car-itis? I went in there, and there it sat on the showroom floor. Oh, brand spanking new with the top down. Shine like new money. And I stood around there like Eve out at the tree. <laughs> Looking at that thing. And the salesman come by, and he said, uh, can I help you? I said, no, I'm just looking. He said, that's how it starts. <laughs> Let me just stop right here. Is God opposed to me having a Corvette? No, he's not. But here's the question. Is that where I'm at now? In my case then, I wasn't. Are you with me now? Somebody said, well, God can do anything, you know, so we'll just go ahead and, and get in debt for it, and we'll just believe it'll all work out somehow. That's what I'm here trying to tell you tonight <laughs> is not right. <laughs> this flying by the seat of your pants, borrowing from everybody, spending everything you can spend and everybody you can borrow from and everything else and just some way somehow we just going to believe God's going to make it all work out you are not in faith you're not in wisdom you're in fleshville <laughs> you are running after the lust of your eyes hmm and not putting your flesh under See, it's not what God can do. Where are you at faith-wise? Where are you at in your giving? And, and, and the Lord dealt with me. He said, y'all sit down with your checkbook. See where all your money's going. And you see what your priorities are. It wasn't pretty. We did. We sat down. We looked at it. We saw where all our money was going. And a lot of it was for interest. Huge amounts of it. 
If we'd have been putting all that into the kingdom, are investing all that, everybody say foolishness. foolishness. Wisdom will e- even in some situations sacrifice today for blessing tomorrow. Foolishness will sacrifice tomorrow for a thrill today. Which one are you? Wise or foolish? Are you with me? Let's go over that again real slow. What will wisdom do? Wisdom, if need be, it'll tighten its belt. It'll cut off some things. It'll, it'll straighten up some things. If need be, it'll make some sacrifices. But it won't do it crying and being sad. Because why? We're setting ourselves up good for tomorrow. Hmm? It took me a little while to learn that. What will foolishness do? And, and not just foolishness. It's fear and it's flesh. The three F's. Foolishness. Fear and flesh. Some of what people are calling faith is the exact opposite of faith. It's actually fear. Your flesh says, get it now, anyhow. (laughs) Faith says, if you'll wait, it'll be great. See, fear says, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, man, I can do it. If I'll just sign, I can get it. I can be riding tomorrow. And, and if, if I don't know, if I don't do it like this, I probably can't make the payments and they'll probably have to come and get it. But if I don't get, if I don't grab it right now, I'll probably never get to ride in one like this. Hmm? See, people do that. We have masses of people going into debt with no intention of ever paying for it. They don't even believe they can pay for it. Why do they do it then? Because they think this is the only way I will ever get to enjoy any of this. Total fear. Total foolishness. Total yielding to the flesh. Proverbs 27, are you there? Y'all don't get too quiet now. We're, it'll be okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to come out. Amen. (laughs) It's going to be great. I mean, I'm telling you what the Lord did with us. I'm not broke today. Hmm? But I'm going to tell you some things we did. Now, I'm not where I'm going to be. I'm going to come a long way. Just in the next few years, I'm going to come up a well, way on up. Amen. If you want a church with a poor preacher, you're at the wrong place. <laughs> well, I want a preacher that'll be poor and humble. One's got nothing to do with the other. In fact, there's a lot of folk are proud about how poor and humble they are. Figure that one out. It's actually pride. In Proverbs 27... The Lord brought me to this scripture and it really has helped me till this day. 27 and 23. He said, be thou diligent to know the state of your flocks. 
And look well to your herds, for riches are not forever. And does the crown endure to every generation? The hay appears and the tender grass shows itself and the herbs of the mountains are gathered. And the lambs are for your clothing and the goats are the price of the field. And you'll have goat's milk enough for your food and the food of your household and the maintenance for your maidens. Got employees, you must be doing all right. You'll have plenty if you do what? Back up to verse 23. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Another one said, be, be sure uh, you know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds. Phyllis and I were living foolishly, and a lot of it was just immaturity and ignorance. I mean, we begin to tithe, we begin to sow, and God begin to bless us. We begin to learn how to lay claim of what we needed and wanted. Money began to come in. Uh, I was working in the ministry and Phyllis was working in a secular job. She began to get some big bonuses and we began to get offerings come in. And so uh, we spent it. (laughs) And said, praise God. Didn't even take care of our taxes like we should. Got behind. To the tune of about 13,000. In trouble. And then some things changed. And there wasn't as much coming in as it was. And we got behind in our bills. Got laid on some payments. Now let me just stop right here. Here's what you do if you get laid on payments. If the creditors call. You do not answer the phone and say, in Jesus' name, I have no bills. (laughs) People have done stuff like this. And it puts a shadow on the rest of us that teach faith. People think that's faith. That's got nothing to do with faith. That's fear. Fear. You don't wait Till the creditor calls. The creditor calls. You've already missed it. Hmm? So what do I do? You call them. Or you go to them. I'm telling you what I've done. Is it fun? No, it's not fun. Hmm? But we live in a world where most people that get in behind like that, uh, they're thinking bankruptcy. They're thinking, how can I get out of this? And then the creditors know this. And they know if they don't recover something quick, they can just be left hanging out to dry. And we're in a sue-happy, bankruptcy-happy generation. If you owe somebody, tell me what happens. You pay them. Right? We were in another state with some folk who were, uh, they, the Lord had blessed them and they invested in some oil things. And I'm telling you, it went big and they made big money. And I mean, they became wealthy quick. They had big house and they had all kind of cars and they were ministers too. And they are also teachers, weren't they, in the secular schools. And uh, some things went wrong. And boy, I mean, in a hurry. 
That thing turned upside down on them, and they owed hundreds of thousands of dollars to everybody all over the place. And the lawyers would tell them, look, you got to file bankruptcy. You got no choice. You'd, all you got now is your little teacher's salary. You could never pay all this back in three lifetimes. And the man said, I won't do it. He said, I know how to believe God. I got here. I made mistakes, and I've messed up, and here it is. But I know how to get out. And that was just like three years or so by the time we had got down there and they had already paid almost all of it back, already had another pretty decent little house, and they just they just refused to believe that they couldn't pay the people that they owed. And they went to them and listen to me now. Here's what you do with your creditors if you get behind. You call them or you go to them and you say, I'm sorry. I told you I would pay you this at this certain time, and I don't have it. I intended to pay you, but I don't have it. But if at all possible, tell them that you will give them something, right? I've seen a lot of creditors, they'll work with you if you'll send them $5 a month. If they just at least see and know that you're not trying to wriggle out of it, you're believing to pay them. And don't preach them a bunch of story about faith and prosperity. You need to preach that to yourself when you get home. Amen. I'll come here and I'll preach to you about it. All that fellow usually wants to hear is where's my money? Right? And he wants to know how you're going to get him his money. And he's got a right to because when you signed your name, it ain't about the technicalities or the economy. It's about your word. Your word. You put your name on the line. You said, I'm going to do this. Hmm? Then you do everything within your power to do what you said you're going to do. And you never give up on doing it. Ever. You say, I'm sorry. If you can bear with me, if you can give me some time, I give you my word. Now, I told you I would do it, and I'm sorry that I I don't have it right now, but I will. And if you can show them anything natural, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm expecting this to come in. And as soon as it comes in, I'm going to get some to you. And when it does, what do you do? You do not have a party. Hmm? You go do what you said. And you pay your bills. And you pay your debts. Can you say amen? Amen. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Be diligent. Phyllis and I, like I said, we got in trouble. We got behind. And it was because of our loose way of dealing with stuff. Our flying by the seat of our pants. Foolish ways. And so, man, I mean, the Lord got a hold of me about it. He said, now, you did this to yourself. I didn't do it to you. You can't even blame the devil. You did this to yourself. Because I'm a crying. Oh, please, God, I'm hurt. Help me. Help me. Bail me out. Please, please, please. I was hurting. We were hurting. And, you know, people want a quick fix. But if you really know how to hear from God, a lot of times he'll say, come on up here and sit down. Quits hollering and carry it on. Come in. Sit down. Yeah, but Lord, if you could just send some money. Just, I know, I know you need money, but you and I need to talk. Come here. Come here. Sit down. Now, why didn't you do what I told you to do about this? Uh, uh, uh. 
And, and I want to help you, but when I bail you out, are you going to do it again? And a lot of folk, you'd have to say, no, you know, we've done this ten times already. I want to know what's going to happen this time. Everybody say foolishness. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure they thought I was a sergeant around there for a little while, but it's because the Lord had been so strict with me and straightened me up about it. I said, every week, every week, I want a report. I want to know every dime that came in, every dime that went out. I want to know exactly what I owe. I want to know exactly what I'm paying in interest and what I'm paying in principal. I want to know it every week, at least. And I said, well, I I'm not good with figures like that. I don't, I don't like fooling. Like, I'm talking to you. The Lord's talking to you. Right. Straighten up. Amen. Well, I got my papers piled all over the floor. I don't know where it's at. Do you want to prosper? Yeah. Do you want to come up? Yeah. Then you better get you a filing system. Yeah. Did you hear me? Yeah. You better start finding out. Well, I just don't even know what I owe. That is not okay. Uh-huh. I said, that is not okay. Read the scripture. What did it say? Be what? Is this the Bible? Can you ignore this and just prosper anyhow? No. No. Be diligent to know the state of your stuff. And so every week, every week, we would know. Sometimes they'd say, well, we don't know. I said, that's not good enough. I've got to know. I want to know. And it got tense around there sometimes. (laughs) But the Lord had been straight with me. Amen. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of funny looks across the crowd. <laughs> People looking like, Brother Keith, I wish you hadn't said that. Because <laughs> now he'll want to know where that money was spent. That, and he should know. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said he should know. And you should know. If you're going to prosper. And, I, you know, if somebody wants to talk to me about getting their finances straightened out, that's the first thing usually I tell them. Okay, before we even talk now, I want to know, what do you owe? How much are you paying principal and interest? How much you got coming in? How much you got going out? Well, what do I got to know all that, Brother Keith? Just rebuke the devil. No. <laughs> the devil is not the only one involved in this. You are. Amen. And depending on how you handle your stuff, you're either going to increase or decrease. And you can be a tither and a giver and God bless you and bless you. And you can just get in a bigger mess than you were. The numbers all get bigger, but you're in a bigger mess than you used to be. Right? And so I had this new Corvette. You remember that? Huh? And I liked it too. I'd always love cars. Sports cars. And I hadn't had a real good one in a while. And man, that thing was calling my name. It said, Keith, Keith, hey, take me home. You and me, we're buddies. (laughs) And I said, I sure like to take that. And the salespeople said, we will help you take this home. (laughs) And they did. And we took it home. And boy, the insurance was high. I was young, you know, and the insurance was high, and payments were high, and then after, right after that, just a few months after that, the Lord began to talk to me about this, and I saw it. I said, I've got to get rid of this car. 
So I did. I bit the bullet, sold it, and saw a real good deal on a new pickup. It's a lot less money, so I, I bought me a new pickup. That made me feel a little better. And about a month into that, I saw, this ain't going to work either. Because <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm not here. I'm still trying to act like I'm at a place I'm not at. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all with me tonight? And the Lord helped me when I sold the car. When I sold the car, this is what I said on the way back. I said, you know, this don't bother me. And it didn't. I had got it settled in my heart. If I want to later on, I'll get three of these. Hmm? And I meant it. And I knew the Lord didn't mind me having it. But I'm not here right now. My giving is so small. And I'm putting all this out on interest in me. My priorities are wrong. I'm messed up. I'm not right. I was a preacher. Graduate of Ramah. And messed up. So, I sold the pickup and rode with Phyllis. <laughs> Somebody gave her her car. <laughs> rode with you for almost two years. I learned patience that year. <laughs> I'd, I'd had my own car since I was 12 or 13 years old. Some of you didn't have a license. I know. We grew up in the country. And uh, I, yeah, I wanted to go somewhere. I got my keys and I went. Man, it was rough on me. Phyllis was working. So I'd get through and I'd say, hey, what you doing? Can you pick me up? Well, I can't right now. I got to work another hour. Okay. <laughs> Patient. I learned a lot of things that year. So I'd just sit there and pray for an hour. Well, that helped me out. So, man, so what were you doing? I was believing to get to the place where I could give. Where I could sow like I'm supposed to. Where I could put God first in my giving. And so what we did is we got us a hit list. We knew what we owed. We knew which ones had the big interest rates. What we're paying the most interest on. And we put our faith on one of them at a time. Hmm? We had some credit cards that had 21% interest we're paying. I'm telling you, it's eating your lunch, you know. And, and it's amazing how people will try to scrimp and save $500 and they spend $1,000, blew it in interest on the credit card last month. And it's not wisdom. It's not smart. You understand what I'm saying? A lot, some stuff would be better instead of trying to save a few dollars, pay that thing off. You'd save more money, right? Then get on the... And so, you know... Your faith is where you are. We weren't at the place where we just said, we're just going to pay it off all at once. No, we zeroed in on the Sears card. We said, Sears card, you're done for. We're, we're paying you off. Huh? And we put our faith on the Sears and Roebuck. How many know you can pay for a washing machine forever on Sears and Roebuck? I mean, you can. <laughs> I think I'll 
still paying for a tool set that I'd got in 1978. It's true. Oh, it was ridiculous. But that's what happens when you just fly by the seat of your pants and you don't know what's going on. Hmm? Well, praise God, we put our faith on that. We believe for money to come in and we knocked out the Sears card. Paid for. And we put our faith on the Visa card. And we put our faith on this. And I went and saw, like I told you, sold that truck, paid that off so I didn't have any of those new car payments. And we began to pay this. Didn't happen overnight, but month after month, paid this off, paid that off. Paid this up. Didn't go out and eat all the time like we were doing. Did you hear me? That's not having a poverty spirit. We're not saying we're going to be tight. We're going to be stingy. No. We're getting our stuff in order. Amen. And we're focusing on investing. Both in the spirit and in the natural. And later on, I'll get five of them if I want to. Well, it was only that year and a half or two years later. The Lord set me up with a deal and I got a, it was used, it had a few miles on it, but a bright in your face yellow oh. Corvette. Oh. I'm telling you what, man, it hurt your eyes. <laughs> and I got, I paid less for that than most people did their little Toyota. Oh, my did you hear me? God, it was a deal, it was a blessing, and it wasn't a yoke to me. And then I got a wonderful rate on insurance. See, the Lord's beginning to add stuff to me now. Can you see that? Next thing you know, it's paid for. Glory to God. And thing after, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is we're sowing. We're doing some serious sowing. We're supporting ministries, $100 a month, several of them, and then $500 a month. We got up to 1000 a month supporting ministries. Did you hear me? Everybody say stewardship. Wisdom. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Thank you, Lord. Everybody say stewardship. You know, I told you we got behind on our taxes. You know, would God help you pay something like that off? A lot of times people think, well, you know, you got yourself in a mess. You made your bed hard. You're just going to have to lay in it. It ain't so. God's a merciful God. Even when you mess yourself up, if you'll repent, he'll bail you out. In fact, look look at the scripture now that I'm thinking about that. In Proverbs 28, you're right there by it. 28, 13. (laughs) Thank you. The Lord's helping us tonight. I'm telling you, this is good. I know you may not feel like shouting at the moment, but uh, this is good. It wasn't funny when I had to go sell my car. I didn't have to go sell it. I didn't have to. Nobody's making me. But I knew to get to the place where I wanted to get to, I had to change some things. Eliminate some debts. Do some things. And uh, in the 28th chapter of Proverbs, verse 13 says, He that covers his sins, what? You want to prosper, right? Then you can't cover your sins and your mistakes. But whoever does what? Confesses them and what? Forsakes them will have mercy. Sin means missing the mark. 
Sin means missing it. You messed up. You missed it. And what I first thing I had to do to get out of the problems we were in, I had to go in and fall on my face before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. Did you hear me? I messed myself up. I, I, you know, if I'd listened to you, I wouldn't have bought that. If I'd listened to you, I wouldn't have gone into this right then. Uh, you know, but I, I wasn't listening to you. And even some of the things I prayed about, but not really. What do you mean? Oh, man, your flesh is hollering. Get it, get it, get it. So you say, well, well, I better pray about it. So you go back in the room and you walk back and forth and go run die, shun die, untie my bow tie. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What says it's okay? You didn't hear from God. You, did. you just went on and did what you wanted to do. Right? <laughs> no, you didn't hear from God. In order to get direction, that's one of the qualifications. You have to be objective with God. You have to be willing to hear a no. You have to, to, to get direction, you've got to be willing for him to tell you something you, you don't want to hear. And when does your flesh want stuff? Always. Your flesh just like mine? Always. Right now. Yesterday would have been better. Right now. But you've got to put your flesh under. It doesn't mean you can't have it. It just means we've got to put God first. And we need to be led. We need to be led. We need to. You see, you know, on that, that first car, that Corvette, I, I was led by my flesh, not by the Spirit. But that next one now, the Lord dealt with me. It wasn't a new one, but it was, it was the right situation for me. And next thing I know, here it is. It's nice. It's, it's hardly any money. And then here's the rest of the money come in. And I got favor on the insurance. Look for the favor of God. In your dealings and in your operation. Look for the favor of God. One of, a car deal that I had before that. At, well, well, this one. Actually, on one of these car deals, uh, you know, I had negotiated a, a, not a good price, but decent. And I went in there and they went up on me. We already had a contract. And they said, well, we're sorry. But we're going to have to go up X amount of thousands of dollars. And you know what I did? No, I bought the car. <laughs> I said, why did you do that? Why did you? Don't tell me you never did anything like that. Why? I already told you. Caritis. You're thinking, well, well, because you already got it in your mind. We came to get it. We're going home with it. I should have walked. <laughs> I should have walked. But see, your flesh is going, ah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> you know, it's right there. And, and, and then fear. Fear says, man, you know, you got to, you only go around once in life. You got to grab everything you can get. You know, enjoy what you can today because may not have the chance tomorrow. That's fear. It's not faith. Look for the favor. Thank God we've grown some. There's been a lot of deals since then. You know, people are trying to make it, even saying it's a good deal. But I'm looking for the favor. I'm looking for the anointing. I'm looking for the witness. And it ain't there. I want it, but I've grown enough to know... It ain't there. And so I thank them and, and leave. Amen. Amen. And then five days later, somebody called me and it's the deal of the century. And if I'd have got that one, I'd have already spent my money. I'd have already put it into there and I wouldn't have been able to act on this. 
You understand what I'm talking about? Look for the favor. Look for the direction. Look for the witness. Follow the wisdom. Whoever covers his sins will not prosper. When you've blown it, when you've messed up, the first step, and you may, some may want to do this this evening, go uh, go back home and get down beside your bed by yourself and say, Lord, I've been a fool. I've been foolish. I've messed myself up. If I'd listened to you, I wouldn't have done that. And, and I messed up. Have mercy on me. And forgive me. What did the Bible say? If you cover your sins, you won't prosper. But if you'll, fors- if you'll confess them, and if you'll forsake them, God has mercy. We messed up, you know. We should have had some sense and taken care of our taxes like we should have. But we didn't. We got ourselves in a mess. But we begin to do what we knew how to do. And I'm telling you, money began to come from the left. We're sowing. We're, we're, you know, we, we sold those cars and stuff. And now we're giving into the ministries. And I'm telling you, things begin to happen for me that had never happened in my life. I went to a place. And in one weekend, man gave me $10,000 and a gold watch. I thought, glory to God. I did never nothing like that had ever happened before, you know. And then a few weeks after that. Phyllis and I, every day, we're saying, we'd already repented, Lord, forgive us. This is not your fault. We messed up, but have mercy on us. We need money to pay these taxes. Well, we didn't tell anybody. This is personal. We didn't get up and try to take up any offering or do anything. This is personal stuff. We're just believing God. We didn't tell anybody about it. Except we were off at a place, and another fellow said, he said, man, I'm in trouble with taxes. And he said, whew, man, I'm just, you don't agree with me. And I said, well, I know how you feel. I said, I've had some trouble myself. That's all I said. He calls me. He wants to see me. And we go out. He says, how much you owe on those taxes? I said, well, it's some. He said, I need to know. I said, well, it's $13,000. He said, give me a little while. I'm going to give you 10 of it. And within a few weeks, we paid every bit of that off. And then a week after that, somebody called that we owed 5000 to. And they said, you know, forget about that. (laughs) Just, you know, forget about that. We want to give that to you. $20,000 just in a a few weeks there, plus the gold watch and the money. I wasn't missing that Corvette at all. I wasn't missing the truck at all. How many know what I'm talking about? And the blessing, when it comes, it's not a yoke around your neck. It's not an anchor weighing you down. It's not something pressuring you, nagging you, causing pressure on you. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And there ain't no sorrow with that. Now, when He, instead of you adding it to yourself, He adds it to you. It's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. Amen. I got a Corvette right now. Amen. Amen. And it's paid for. Paid for. Paid for. Paid for. I got a shiny red motorcycle. Paid for. Paid for. I got a nice boat. Got two big motors. Two big Chevy 502s. Two big 850 Hollies on them. I mean, when you start it up, it scares small children. (laughs) Paid for. Paid for. 
Paid for. Paid for. And through the ministry, you know, we stood up here Sunday night and 153,000 through More Life Ministries and Keith and Phyllis Moore. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody say wisdom. I'm believing for some more. Are you? I'm believing for direction of where to, you see, do you hear me both ways now? Where to sow my seed? What ministries to give into? You know, different ministries are, are better and poorer ground. Did you know that? Some ministries are so-so ground and some are really, really good ground. Depending on the kind of fruit they're producing. There's been times I've gone to ministries. There's time, one time the Lord's dealing with me about a certain ministry. Am I boring y'all or do you have a few more minutes? Huh? Uh, the Lord dealt with me about a ministry that was reaching street people. And I kept having it come up on my heart about supporting them. So finally, I, I went downtown and looked at it. It was a rough part of town. I mean, drug addicts and alcoholics and everything. And some of the guys that were ministers, they knew me. And they said, Brother Keith, what are you doing down here? You better come over here and stand with us. <laughs> and I said, what are you all doing? Show me what you're doing. And so they took me through. And I looked. I wanted to see the fruit. I want to see what it's producing before I just start pumping money into it every month. Did you, I mean, we got that much sense naturally, don't we? To look at something, see if it's about to go belly up before you just start pumping money into it. And some ministries were doing good a few years ago, and now they ain't doing so hot. So you don't just do things indefinitely without praying about it and looking at it. Everybody say investments. Investments in the kingdom and in the world. The world system in, in this financial arena and then you're going to have harvests out of both realms can you say amen? amen go back with me to isaiah we'll close with this oh praise you lord praise you praise you praise you praise you thank you master thank you master you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, you don't, or not try to live beyond your means. Well, no, I don't like saying it like that. That's not accurate. You can live beyond what it looks like your means by faith. But don't live beyond your faith. Don't try to operate beyond where you actually are in faith. And don't try to pretend you're at a place you're not through debt. You know, the scripture said in Proverbs 12, won't you just look there real quickly. Now, I might not have known this is what you was going to get tonight. But I think that's what we, we needed to talk about. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 9, before, and, and we'll look at Isaiah here in just a minute. Proverbs 12, 9 says, He that is despised and has a servant is better than he that honors himself and lacks bread. Hmm? One says, better to be a nobody and have a servant than pretend to be somebody and not even have food. You know, no pretending. Don't try to impress people with, with what you have or what you're doing. How many want to be real? And then when there is a blessing, it's real. The Lord did it, right? You didn't just add it to yourself. He added it 
to you. And didn't he say, if you seek me first, you put me first, seek my kingdom first, then all these things will be added. Well, who's going to add them? And say, you added them to yourself. They will be added. He's going to add them to you. Added to you. In Isaiah 48, this is a wonderful word from the Lord. He said this is what he is to us. This is what he does for us. I'm getting excited. I just know in my, I know some things in my spirit. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. Are you looking at it? Is this the Lord talking to you? Thus says the Lord. Hmm? I mean, if I stood in front of you this evening and I looked at you and I said, look here. Thus says the Lord. Would that mean anything to you? I hope it would. This is stronger than that. Much stronger than that. Right? Wouldn't be any more true or any more powerful if the Lord Jesus himself appeared in front of you right now and told you this. It's, it would, wouldn't be any more the word of God. What did he say? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you by the way that you should go. You know, Brother Hagin, Brother Kenneth Hagin, is my father in the faith. I've served under him, with him, closely for 20 years. And a great, great man of God. Wonderful. I've seen him in private. I've seen him on the back porch. I've seen him in the back room. Same all the time. I'm telling you, talk about a man of God. He knows God. And he said the Lord told him years ago when he was struggling so much in his finances and he had some wrong thinking to overcome. He said he told him, he said, I am not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to their being covetous. He said, if you learn how to follow my spirit, I will make you rich. He said the Lord told him that specifically in a vision. He said, if you'll learn how to follow my spirit, I will make you rich. And usually he's 85 now. Usually he'll shout and say, and he did it. <laughs> and he did. I said, he did. He, I think he's bought all his grandkids houses. Did you hear me? I he gave to the ministry last year. What was it like? I think it was $300,000 personally out of their pocket. The man's blessed. I said he's blessed. He's got a lot of it tax-free income. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in every year. Investments that he made. Natural things the Lord told him to do. Plus all the sowing he's done in the kingdom. And he said years ago, the Lord told him, if you'll learn how to what? Follow. Follow my spirit. Well, is the Holy Ghost going to give you wisdom? Is he going to lead you in the right way? If you learn how to follow my spirit, I will make you rich. You think that belongs to you? That belonged to me? Well, isn't this saying the same thing? I'm the Lord your God who teaches you how to profit. I lead you in the way you should go. Stand up on your feet. We need to say this out loud. We need to proclaim it. 
We need to decree it. We already talked about Sunday. You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established to you. Well, I know this is a little bittersweet for some folks tonight. I know that because you're thinking, I don't want to sell my car. Well, I didn't tell you that you had to sell your car. I didn't tell you you had to sell anything. I told you what we did and what we needed to do and, and what happened with us. And I'm telling you, I oh, I'm so glad we did. Oh, I'm so glad. It wasn't fun just having to wait and ride with somebody else for a year and a half. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. You know, some of the things we did, we went through a season where we really tightened our belt and not just trying to be stingy and tight. It was loosening up money to give, freeing up money to put into the kingdom to make investments. Amen. Amen. Said out loud with me. Thank you, Lord. You You are my God. You are are the Lord God God. who teaches me. How to profit. profit. You're teaching me me. how to increase. increase. And you lead me and and direct me me. in the perfect way way. for me to go. go. Lord, I ask you, you, any area area or areas areas that I've made mistakes, that I've I've been foolish, that I've messed myself up, that I've not listened to you. Open my eyes. Help me to see it. Help me to realize it. I'll not try to hide my mistakes. I will confess them. And change. And have mercy on me, I pray, Lord. Have mercy on me. And bring me out. By your grace. And goodness. And mercy. And I purpose to obey you, put my flesh under, follow you, and I know you'll make me rich. You'll make me rich. You'll make me rich. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, just praise Him a little bit. He's saying some things. He's doing some things right now. Oh, I heard the Spirit say, and part of what I was saying right then in the Spirit, now you've made a turn. Now you've taken a new direction, a direction that will lead you into light, a direction that will lead you into abundance and into plenty. For if you make the commitment and you make the decision in your heart that I will put the Lord first, And I will not put myself first. And I will honor the Lord first. 
then you will see that my word is true and that I will show you things and I will enlighten you and I will give you opportunities and I will give you seed to sow and I will multiply your seed sown and I will spare you from making mistakes and making bad investments and I will increase you and increase you and lift you and bless you and you will stand and look back and say, Oh, the Lord has brought me so far. Oh, He's delivered me from all the debt. Oh, he's put me in a position to help other people. And I'm so happy. And I'm so glad. And I'll get glory in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you. Praise you. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Give him glory. Say, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Hallelujah. Oh, is it true that all things are possible to him that believes? Can the Lord get you to the place where you're totally out of debt, where you're giving big to the church and the kingdom, and you just have plenty of stuff, and you're blessing people on the right and the left? Can he do that for you? Can he use you like that? Yes, yes. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. It's happening for me. Glory to God. Praise God. I think that's a good time to quit right there. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.